Welcome back to another episode of Melanin Matters. I'm Kia. And I'm Indira. And you can follow us at underscore Melanin Matters. On this episode of Melanin Matters, me and Kia are going to try to figure out what are love languages from the book Five Love Languages written by Gary Chapman. Okay, so in the beginning of the book, he talks about the in love phenomenon. And that's basically when you first meet a person and you feel all of these feelings of euphoria because everything is so new, everything is so fresh. Um, You might have been coming from a bad breakup, so you feel like this person may be your savior. Um, And you become basically like emotionally obsessed with this person. Everything you do is you want to be with this person. You want to do everything with this person. You want to spend as much time as you can with this person. So you feel like you're in love. You would do almost anything to protect that relationship. And basically what he's saying is that that's just a feeling that will only last for about two years. And after that wears off, then that's when the real work begins. In relationships, normally people are obsessed with like the idea of love and not really the concept of what love means. Um, And just to know that once you pass the honeymoon stage, I feel like you're actively choosing love over anything else because it's easier to be all, I guess, emotionally infatuated with someone or physically infatuated with someone that once that kind of like fades it's really the time that you have to put in the work to say every day like I choose to love you um regardless he talks about an emotional love tank and when that's empty that's when you feel like you're having all of these problems in your relationship you don't think that you can make it work you don't think that y'all can go on But he has come up with these five love languages that he believes will be able to fulfill your emotional need to feel love. And that starts with love language number one, which is words of affirmation. And this is using words to build up your partner. So verbal compliments, words of appreciation, like, damn, baby, you look good tonight, or... The dinner was good. Thank you for cooking for me. I appreciate you. I appreciate all that you do. Stuff like that. So, you know, you want to use these affirming words to motivate your partner. So there was an example in the book where this woman wanted her husband to paint their bedroom. And she said that she had been asking him for nine months you been asking to that man paint for the nine bedroom. months. Which he should have just did it from the jump. Nine whole months. <laughs> now, bitch, I know. That's a really long time. <laughs> bitch, that's almost a whole year. I know if I would have been asking my man for a whole fucking year to paint our bedroom, baby, it's like out. 
<laughs> I think it would be done. But then if that happened to me, that's when I would start doing other things besides like what he suggests. I'd have been like, oh, I'm holding off from sex. Like you're not right. eating for me. Like it's none of that. None of that's see, happening. You'll be half why, dead before. <laughs> and see, that's why my ass was single for so long because I was yeah. always trying to do the tit for tat, trying to be patty. Yeah. Like, bitch, you heard yeah. me the first time when I asked you to paint this motherfucking bedroom and you ain't do it. So now, and don't paint it let, <laughs> let me show you some shit real quick. <laughs> but no, so oh, he was basically true. saying, like, don't badger your partner. Don't constantly harp on them about what you want them to do. They may be receiving that as nagging. They love to say it. <laughs> so Gary asked her, is there anything that your husband does that's good? And she went down a list of things that he does, like taking out the trash, taking the car to the, get a car wash, paying the bills, all of this other stuff. But the fact that she was mostly focused on this one thing, those other things that he was doing that was really good took a back seat. So Gary told her, you know, don't say anything else about painting the bedroom. Don't even mention it. Which almost killed me. Just like okay. her. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> so he told her, don't say anything else about it. He knows that you want him to paint the bedroom. So you don't say anything else about it. But instead, choose to compliment him on the things that he does do well and see how that changes his behavior so the woman was like what like yeah. what the fuck you mean <laughs> i want this motherfucker to paint the bedroom yeah. i don't care about none of this other shit so gary was basically like trust me like just trust me so she decided to use words of affirmation to show him that she appreciated him and once she showed her appreciation to him through the words of affirmation he painted the bedroom because these men feed off of their ego. You got to stroke the ego. If they're doing stuff around the house and you're not complimenting them about it, even though it's stuff that they probably should be doing anyway, then sweetie, anything else that you ask them to do, they're not going to want to do it because you're not showing your appreciation for them but after the nine months she still had to wait three more months yes she did she <laughs> definitely like, did what are we playing the long game like i need you to do what i asked you to do i said what i said oh yeah um there's also another part about words of affirmation that i really loved when he was talking about the kind words remember kia when she, uh it was about the lady and her husband in their story um, about the yes. book. She wanted to be a writer, but the first time that she submitted her article to like a newspaper or a magazine, it got denied. So she put off writing for years until after she was she after she raised her child. And then one random day, her husband read her article and told her that she was an yeah. excellent writer yeah, I like this one. and she should try to get her article published. So after he told her that, she went and tried to get her article published. It was published. 
And after that, she had multiple articles published and she ended up getting a book deal. Yeah, but what I like the most about that is how he expressed what her article was about. Like, he knew the details of it. He really was able to engage with her on a level of not just saying like, oh, babe, I think you're doing good. Like, keep going. It's like, I actually saw that you took the time to read what I wrote. And that's just more impactful than than just saying like I like something it's just like to know that you sit like took the time to really engage in what I was doing and then can come back to me actually being able to speak about it is just like oh great like you actually really liked it or you could give actual critiques about things that you thought well I read this and I was like I don't know how I feel about that but it's just like you actually took the time instead of just giving me your unwanted opinion about something you didn't read or and it's just like you didn't you didn't really show the interest because all you do it is just basically like kind of patting me on the back like I'm a two-year-old but just to let you know if you are dating a creative a PSA a service announcement um creatives are definitely sensitive about their shit so be careful about all the critiques it's like be honest but we don't need a long list of critiques. It's just like, if y'all like it, it's cool. Say something that's going to help them get back to the drawing board. But don't be dogging them out. Because it's just like, at the end of the day, it is an expression of what they are inspired by. And it doesn't mean that everything is always good. But I just want to point that out there since I also am a creative. Oh yeah, and there was one more question um that I wanted to pose that... Gary Chapman was saying and one question that I wanted to pose was the fact that he was saying like make sure that you're doing things that you are encouraging your partner but make sure that it's never um what was he saying like badgering or something like that it's where it was like pressuring things so yeah pressuring saying that encouraging words are there to help your partner bring out their untapped potential basically yes and this is not to be confused with pressuring your partner to do something that you want them to do. so And that they have no desire to do. Right. In order for the words to be encouraging, they have to have already expressed that they want to do this or that they're passionate about something. Because if they haven't expressed the desire to do it, then your words will come off kind of condescending as if you're trying to belittle them. And then what I also, from that moment, it took me to a point where like in previous relationships, I have been in situations where I do believe that I am very encouraging for people that want to do anything creative or want to be an independent um, or want to create their own businesses. I'm always like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Um, But then I kind of found myself in situations where the tables were flipped as if I was forcing them to do something, which they had already expressed to me. It was something that they wanted to do. And I felt sometimes that I took, on that role of being so supportive like what did you need from me that they didn't really have the energy to actually do it so how do you know that what the person is saying their desire is is truly their desire is that from the person that you're speaking to they need to really be a hundred percent what what they're asking and or and if they're not then it's showing that they really don't know what they want to do or is it like was it me pressuring them too much that now I've turned them off from what they said they wanted to do in the first place Um, I feel like you would have to feed off of your partner's energy because 
they can express that they want to do something, but if they only say it that one time, then maybe they're not in the right space to actually pursue that. And so you telling them, oh, I think you'll be good at this, or I think you should do this, or here, here's some contacts for me to, you know, put you in the right space to do this, that might not be where they are in their journey at that point in time. So I would say that the encouraging words should come at the time where they're ready to actively pursue what they want to do. Because it's one thing to say that, you know, oh, I want to do this. And, you know, they kind of like brush it off. Then to say like, this is what I want to do. This is my plan. I don't know how to get there, but this is what I really want to do. So I think it's more, I think it's more of them posing like a question in a sense, like an open-ended question for you to come in and like put your input. But if they're just kind of nonchalantly telling you something that they want to do, then I don't think that you should press the issue. You know, if they bring it up, it's like, okay, baby, you know, if that's what you want to do, I support you. Like, yeah, that's cool. But don't constantly keep on pressing the basically issue. Basically put that basically. on my back. And yeah. Be like, you and me are about to do this shit. Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready right now. <laughs> exactly. That's true. So for kind words, which is another bullet point under words of affirmation, what I gathered from that section of the book was speaking with purpose. So the way that you say something is just as important as what you're saying. Your tone, your inflection, your body language, your facial expression, all of that plays a vital role in speaking love kindly. My man might be saying one thing out of his mouth, but if his tone is very aggressive and then he's looking at me with a side eye, that makes me feel like what you're saying is not what you mean. And then I'm an overthinker. So I become so entangled in those nonverbal cues rather than what you're saying. At that point, what you're saying means nothing to me. You could be saying, baby, I love you. But if you rolling your eyes and you talking like I didn't just fucking kill your pet fish, then the words I love you mean nothing to me at all. Yeah, that's very true. Like, I feel like I am guilty of having a tone when I communicate, especially to my partner. Um, and he's let me know that as well. And it's something that I'm also working on. But I do think that like being in my relationship and I have been in my relationship for almost four years now, it's going into four years. Um, we kind of get, one of our challenges is we get distracted on how the other person is saying their issues or what issues they have, how they're expressing it in the tone or the demeanor and then we become distracted on the fact of like what our actual argument or topic was about which I feel like in a lot of relationships that can be a a thing or a trigger to you and I'm a strong believer in the fact that like only 10% of what you are 
actually saying out of your mouth is being received by your partner and 90% of it is body language or the or like the tone in which it is coming off as so something that we are working on is making sure that we are keeping those things in check so that we can actually solve our arguments because I'm really big on the fact that if you do argue Express yourself as much as possible just so that your partner can really have the sympathy for you um, and they can really understand. But then after you finish that, what is the solution to the problem? Because at the end of the day, every argument is an issue or is a problem and we need to come up with the solution so that we can be stronger and not come back to this. And the thing is with arguments, sometimes what happens is you repeat the same argument because it's the same underlining issue that you've never solved. And once you solve that issue or tackle that issue, that should never be a thing again because you're both aware of what it is. And this is an issue that I've had in my relationship because he could be saying something and I take it a certain way And then he'll come back and be like, oh, but I was just joking. But for me, it doesn't come off as a joke. And I don't think it's a joke until I'm telling you it made me feel some type of way. And now all of a sudden it's a joke. Like, no, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't. And then I tell him, you know, well, it's in your facial expression. It's in your body language. And he'll just be like, what do you mean my facial expression? Like, that's just the faces I make. And I don't think that's okay. Like, if you want to make a relationship work and somebody is coming to you and telling you that something that you're doing is making them feel a certain type of way, then you should be actively working on those things. And that is a trigger for me because in my past relationship, I've communicated the fact that the some of the things that he was doing made me feel unwanted, made me feel unloved. He just tried to like pass it off as, well, that's just who I am, or I haven't had anybody like you in the past, so I don't know how to receive what you're trying to give me. And that's not okay. Like just because this is who you were in the past, It's all about growth. We're adults at this point. We're grown. You should be trying to grow from the person that you were instead of trying to stay in that same space. Especially if you are in a relationship and somebody that you claim you care about is telling you what you do makes them feel upset or angry or sad. You should want to you should want to change that. It shouldn't just be, oh, that's just who I am. No, that's not just who you are. That's not who you have to be. You don't have to be that way if you don't want to. And I think the a lot of a lot of emphasis in this book were put on the fact that love is a choice. If you're choosing to be in a relationship with somebody and you know, you want to find that love, then you have to always be making a conscious effort to do things differently if it's not working the way that you thought it would. I think the um the part where you were saying like with the body language and like you were saying about the trigger of like if someone considers something a joke and then you don't consider it a you don't consider it a joke and if I'm letting you know that I think that's something that has like happened to me multiple times but sometimes I felt like that phrase was used to basically downplay the emotions that I was expressing that I felt like it wasn't. Like using jokes or things like that to downplay someone's emotions definitely makes that person feel unheard um, 
or feel like not valued in this situation at all. That's very true because that's not a, I feel like that's just like a male female issue where guys will do something and when it's brought to their attention that what they did was hurtful, then they try to turn it into a joke in defense of what you're saying. And I don't believe that love is about being on the defensive. Like if I'm trying to tell you what you did hurt my feelings, you shouldn't be trying to defend it. Like it's it's nothing to defend. (laughs) Yeah. That's definitely the weirdest. That's the weirdest thing to me too. Like that concept to be like, if I told you were hurt and then you're like, well, that wasn't my intention. And then you proceed to apologize. Well, I apologize how that made you feel, but it's like, it doesn't seem as though you're apologizing for the, your part in the action as if this was, this happened all by myself. Like I'm the only one. I agree. And that also ties into what we were talking about, about the kind words. So in um, one part of the book, he was basically talking about responding to your angry spouse. You have a choice in how you proceed in the conversation. You can choose to respond kindly, which is listening, understanding, explaining what you meant, and then apologizing. Or you can you can choose to respond defensively, which is not taking their their feelings into consideration, flipping the script, or trying to prove a point. So you know, you just have to be conscious of what you're doing and what you're saying. Like I said earlier, you have to speak with intent. So everything that you say, you have to mean it. And if I'm telling you that something that you did or said hurt me, you have to be willing to listen to what I'm telling you, understand where I'm coming from, basically putting yourself in my shoes. And if I were to do this to you, how would you feel? Then after that, you can explain what you meant, but don't forget to apologize. So, you you know, you never want to come off with, well, that's not what I meant. Or man, you taking this out, you taking this the wrong way, you blowing it out of proportion, you doing so much. That's not how you address the situation. But then it also comes from the person who is expressing the anger or the sadness. We also have to consciously be aware of our delivery. So how are we delivering this to our partner? Because if we're delivering our anger or our sadness in a combative way, then they're going to respond to us in a combative way. So, you know, it's work. You, It's definitely work. And you always have to be conscious of what you're doing and what you're saying in a relationship. I think that, that a lot of men would, I think, take on actually their love language being words of affirmation. Because sometimes I notice, like, when arguments do occur, men sometimes bring up the fact that it's like, oh, I did this and you didn't say anything or I did that and you didn't say anything. And I think that a lot of times, yes, and a lot of times it's like, wait, did you want me to give you claps for that? Like things that to me feel like the basic necessity as a human being that you should be doing. It's like you want it to be, and I feel like this is pretty brutal, but like you wanted me to coddle you like a baby because you did the things that you were supposed to do. But a lot of times, especially like I believe in the African-American community with black men, because society already belittles 
black men so much based on history and like moving forward to now it's just like coming home and wanting to feel like the man in your home because sometimes you're not the man in whatever like your job or society I agree I think when it comes to guys I think it's all about knowing themselves and being in tune with their emotions which you know a lot of guys not I mean shit a lot of women aren't in tune with their emotions either so I think it's really all about being in tune with your emotions knowing who you are as a person knowing what your trigger points are and being able to communicate that to your partner so our next love language is quality time which is just about spending uninterrupted time with your partner and giving them your undivided attention doing activities that bring you guys closer together a lot of times people say oh i'm too busy to do this or i'm too busy to do that but i believe that we make time for things that we think are important and when it comes to making time for your relationships or your friends or your family i think that it becomes a time where we get complacent and we get comfortable knowing that those people will always be there so we prioritize other things over those people without actually thinking about how it affects them so in my current relationship when I first started my partner used to like play video games all the time But I can understand, like, it was his passion, it was his love, so I was thinking, like, okay, I can relate, I can understand that, like, this is something that's really important to you. Just like for me, music is something that is really important to me. But then, when I couldn't even get any time with him, like, I couldn't even say, like, anything for him to even hold, like, a decent conversation with me, I'm just like, okay, something is going on. I'm really just asking you to give me five minutes of your time. And then I noticed like at the beginning of our relationship, I used to be like, oh, if you could just pencil me in, that would be great. What time are you ready to chat since you're going to be doing this? Like just, you know, being rude and a butthole. But that's how I was really feeling. I was feeling like, "Mm, obviously we need a personal assistant to pencil me in to have a conversation with my boyfriend. But no shade. Um, Currently now, we are doing much better um, in that department. And I do feel like the attention is there for me. We chatted with each other about the best way for us to communicate, especially when it comes to something that we're doing, like with our passion. So he doesn't interrupt me about when I'm doing my music and I don't interrupt him when he is uh, playing the video games. And so then we make sure that we find the time for each other throughout the day to really like be there for each other, interact with each other. Um, So yes, my baby is good. It was just like at the beginning, it was a little learning curve, but we got past that. If your partner's love language is quality time, you really have to make an effort to be there for them. And not just in a sense of being in the same space as them, but being in the same space as them and giving them your uninterrupted, undivided attention. No phones, no answering emails, no text messages, none of that. Just the two of you spending time together. And I liked in the book how um, Gary was saying that 
quality time doesn't necessarily mean sitting on the couch and watching TV together because you're giving your attention to what you're watching on TV. But spending time together with no phones, no television, just the two of you, to, just the two of you talking to each other, asking each other how your day was, asking each other what's on your mind, what's been bothering you, what's going on. You know, and I don't think enough couples take that time to figure those things out about each other. So there can be a storm brewing inside of your partner that you don't even know because you haven't taken the time to sit there and talk to them. And that goes into quality conversations where that means you sharing experiences you've had throughout the day or sharing your thoughts, sharing your feelings, sharing your desires and having your partner be genuinely interested in what you're talking about. Not just listening to you, but actually asking you questions and engaging in the conversation. I think that is really funny. It's like all the stuff that he was expressing are basic things that you do anytime outside of a relationship, like at work. When you're in a meeting, aren't you giving eye contact to the people that are talking? Like, aren't you engaging in what they're saying? I was like, exactly. it's like, how can people separate the fact that it's like love languages versus literally every day what you actually do? Exactly. And another thing that I gathered from that portion of the book was, um, when people say that their spouse doesn't talk to them and you know the spouse could be looking at it as well I do talk to you but if you're not giving them good quality conversation which involves asking questions and genuinely showing interest in what they're talking about then they may feel like you're not talking to them or if you're always super short with them, or if they're telling you a story about what happened to them at work and you're saying, oh, well, that's crazy, or damn, babe, for real, you're not really you're not really engaging into the conversation with her. You're listening because you know that's what you want, that's what she wants you to do, but you're not engaging with her. But that shit happens often. Yes. Damn, babe. For real? Yes. <laughs> and that was an example that he gave in the book where he was talking about a husband that, so there was a man that came to him and was telling him about his wife that had left him. So the wife would come home and tell him about problems that she would have throughout the day at work. And he would give her advice on how to change it or how to get over it or how to work through those issues. So he said that the wife continued to come home multiple days telling him about the same situation. And the husband basically told her, like, I don't want to hear what you have to say because I gave you advice and you chose not to listen to it. And if you're not going to listen to my advice, then I don't want to hear about your problems at work anymore, which I have been guilty of doing this because I had a friend when she used to tell me about all of her problems in her relationship and how her and her man wasn't getting along and 
you know, I would give her advice on what to do and she wouldn't take my advice and would constantly come back to me with these same problems. And it got to a point where I was just like, bitch, I don't want to hear this shit no more. Like, you're not listening to what the fuck I'm telling you. I don't want to hear this shit no more. But what the husband in the book realized was that the wife was never looking for advice. She just wanted yeah, she was never looking for advice. She just wanted somebody to be there for her, to show that they cared about her, and to show that she wasn't in the situation alone. So when your spouse is coming to you, telling you about issues that they're having, they're not always looking for you to solve those issues. Because as humans, we're all, we're, we operate on a cause and effect type of basis so we're looking at this is the cause this is how it affected you so this is how you should proceed but that's not always what your spouse is asking you for sometimes they just want you to be there to listen and to show them that they're not in this alone yeah and you basically have their back like if i said that this bitch is really getting on my nerves i'm expecting you to be like yep she getting on my nerves too, baby. Yeah, that and bitch, like, that bitch yeah. stupid as shit, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, but when that man said that that he kept giving advice, that was such like a trigger for me because that always happens. Like I'm technically majority of the time when I'm expressing myself, I'm not asking for advice. I'm literally venting to say like, this is what's going on. And you will know when someone is asking for advice, when they request for you to give them advice. I think at all times, it's like, I don't think that anyone should be giving advice to anybody unless someone has asked them. You should be intently listening to that person, making sure that you're asking questions about that per asking questions about the story that they're telling you. But I don't think anyone ever really wants to get the advice unless they're asking for it because then it can come off as you think you know more than me and then it can be flipped on you in in a situation where that was never your intent. And that has happened to me in my relationship where I just was like, no, I... I expressed to him, I was just like, no, I was never asking for your advice. Honestly, all I want you to do is listen and be on my side. Like, there is no advice that I need from you right now because at the end of the day, I know what I need to do. But right now, I'm just, the way that my process is, is I need to literally be sad or be upset or be angry, express that. And then tomorrow, I will pick myself up by my boots and I will get myself together. But I literally need you to be here to be my partner, not my parent, not my teacher. I'm not asking for any of that because if that's what I wanted from you I would have asked yeah that's true and sometimes that can become come off as like oh now you're being rude and then it can come off as like oh well now I don't want you to uh, tell me anything about your day because anytime you tell me something you don't want to hear what I have to say and it's like that I think that people lose the point of honestly like what conversations are sometimes when someone's coming to you in a in a venting manner and especially in a relationship manner because I feel like a lot of times you're paying you're playing a power trip role where it's can either be on either side where you can become too demanding like a parent versus being my partner which makes me feel like you feel that you're that we're not equal and that's something that we always have to make sure that we're checking ourselves a lot it's just like make sure that you're not speaking to your partner as if you're like belittling them or downplaying them but more as though more as though that they are like your equal you're speaking to them on their level yeah that is 
Definitely true. And I feel like that goes into what he was talking about, about um, learning to listen. Like a lot of us are listening with the intent to respond rather than listening to actually understand where the person that's talking is coming from. So, you know, when you're listening to respond, you're hearing what they're saying, but in the back of your mind, you're not really paying attention because you're thinking about how you're going to respond to what they're saying. Whereas though, if you're listening with purpose and trying to figure out what their problem is and being sympathetic with what they're saying, then you're just listening. You're just letting them vent and you're taking it all in. And at the end of that, you're able to tell them like, I understand how you're feeling. I'm sympathetic towards the way that you're feeling. What can I do to make you feel better? Instead of just imposing on the situation and putting your own input into it. Because we have to remember that being in a relationship, it's a partnership. So we're not here to satisfy our needs. We are here to emotionally satisfy our partner's needs. And I think that's where a lot of us go wrong because we are responding to our partner in the way that we want to be responded to rather than understanding how they want us to respond to them. So that was quality time. So the next love language will be receiving gifts. So the person whose primary love language is receiving gifts, they usually identify with visual symbols of love. So say for instance, like wedding rings. So the woman that places, the woman or man that places a lot of emphasis on their wedding ring, their primary love language will probably be receiving gifts. And for this love language, usually the cost of the gift doesn't matter unless it's out of line with what the person can afford. So say for instance, you're a millionaire, but you're constantly giving your partner five dollar ten dollar twenty dollar gifts it's like bitch i know you can afford way more than that and it's not me being a gold digger it's just the fact that i know your pockets are deep you're trying to treat me like i'm some cheap hoe and baby it don't work like that okay (laughs) and then he also talked about the gift of self so basically being there for your partner in times of crisis or important occasions Just your presence is more important than tangible gifts. This really resonates with me because I remember my uncle passed away November 2017. And at the time I was living in Philly and I was still talking. I was still talking. We weren't in a relationship, but we were talking on the verge of being back in a relationship. And I he knew that my uncle passed away and I really wanted him to be there for me at the funeral 
and he told me that he couldn't come to the funeral because he had to work and that shit really broke my heart because if it were me and he was the person that lost somebody close to him I would have made it my business to be there for him I don't give a fuck if I had to work or not he was the most important thing to me at the time so I would have been there for him regardless of work and the fact that he wasn't there for me in my time of need when I was really fucking sad like that shit really really hurt me it just showed me that he wasn't the person for me because you can't take off even just a couple of hours just to come to the funeral but you claim you want to be with me. You claim you love me. You claim you want to spend the rest of your life with me. You want to start a family with me. But you can't even be there when it's important. And then also another example that I have of the gift of self was when... Remember when I had when I had my party, my 25th birthday party? Me and my sister had that party. Oh, yeah. When you required everyone to wear red. Yes, I required everybody to wear, wear red <laughs> because me and my sister were white and it was so cute. Yeah, That was the hardest thing. It was the hardest thing we've ever did because I feel like everyone waited till the last minute to find red. No, everybody didn't wait to no last minute. Your ass waited to the last minute, but you look super cute anyway, so it didn't matter. But I was really hurt that my cousins did not come. Like, Nicholas told me that he was going to be there. He didn't show up. Mike told me that he was going to be there and he didn't show up. And Mike, so the night before that, Mike had went out with Ryan because me and Ryan had the same birthday, of course. But the day of my party, you going to text me and tell me you can't get a babysitter so you can't come after you've been telling me that you were coming. And then Nicholas, he told me that he was coming to the party and he just didn't show up. He didn't tell me that he wasn't coming. He didn't give me an excuse as to why he wasn't coming. He just never showed up and he never said anything else to me about it. But he was out with Ryan for his birthday. Like that shit really hurt my feelings. And then another story I have. Oh, wow. I have a lot of stories about this. Girl, you have. This is really. This is really the thing. This is a trigger (laughs) for me. Yeah. So. I remember me and Ryan. I think it was. It was either our two-year anniversary or our three-year anniversary. And on the day of our anniversary, instead of us going out together to celebrate being together, this bitch went out with Nicholas. (laughs) Are you serious? I'm dead ass. God. Dead fucking ass. And I was so pissed about it. And then when I expressed it to him, he was like, oh, okay, well... You know, I'm going to take you out next week. Next week? <laughs> Are you okay? Or am I not okay? Like, that shit really hurt my feelings. So, my primary love language is not receiving gifts. But the gift of self is very important. Being there, when it counts, you just don't understand how much of an impact that makes. Whether you're there when it counts, and then more if you're not there when it counts. That shit will scar somebody for life, and it's really not easy to get over. Well, for me with the gifts, I would like the bags, and I would like the shoes. Thank you very, thank you very much. (laughs) 
No, I have never experienced like um okay, but no, that's a lie. I have experienced um like people not showing up, but I think that I am so I'm the person to follow the not expecting, which I feel like is obviously I've been hurt, so <laughs> I have a trauma that I have not dealt with. So now I'm like, I'm equating like anyone that I, that I interact with. I don't expect anything from them. So I don't get hurt. Um, so I feel as though like any times that anytime that someone has not shown up for me in my relationship, or even if it's like friends, it's just like, I expect it. And I kind of just take it as an L. Right. And I feel like I never really address it. And it's definitely something for me and my therapist to chat about but (laughs) I just feel like that's I think that's just how I was raised honestly and I think that those traumas that came down from my parents were just passed on I think that's very important because as much as we can give tangible items to a person or as much as we can say certain things to somebody to make them feel better in times of need whether it's crisis or important dates like your birthday or your graduation or a promotion you got at work or, you know, something that's big in your life that's happening, words, gifts, none of that matters if the person that you love is not there to celebrate with you or if the person that you love is not there to comfort you. So that leaves a hell of a bigger impact on me than anything else that somebody could do. And I know that I try to be there for people when they're having hard times or they're celebrating something. I always try to make myself available. I'm not saying that I do it with the expectation that they're going to do it for me, but it's just like, damn, like I've been here for you supporting the shit that you do. But you can't return it and reciprocate it for me. And I felt like that on so many occasions. Not even just like um, romantic relationships, but even in friendships. Like, I feel like I support my friends wholeheartedly. Whether I'm like purchasing something that they are selling or I'm sharing the shit that they're doing on my social medias to gain more traffic to their page. Or I'm showing up to events that they're having like... I feel like I do that shit all the time for people, but I don't feel like it's always reciprocated to me. And that shit leaves a mark on you. It definitely does. So, you know, when you're talking about receiving gifts, gifts don't always have to be monetary or tangible. It can just be you showing up for that person. And that means a lot. So the next love language would be acts of service so for this one this is doing things you know that your spouse would like you to do um and this is big on when I say actions speak louder than words because my man oh my god so the reason why I'm so like obsessed with this man it's because <laughs> it's because he listens to the things that I say and he turns it into actions. So 
I remember on my birthday. So, of course, all of that shit happened on my birthday. I didn't go to Bali on the trip that I had already paid for. But he tried to make my birthday special for me. So, he invited me to come to his bar. And when I got there, he had balloons, flowers. He had a card for me that was so cute. I don't even like cards, but the card was super cute. So I appreciated it. Um, So he was like, you know, I got you these flowers. I didn't know what your favorite flower was, but I wanted to get you something. So, you know, I was like, oh, these are nice. But my favorite flower is sunflowers. Literally. Every week or every two weeks since that day, which that day was in October, and we are now in, what is this, April? Mm, Yeah. He has bought me sunflowers. Even when he bought my, even when he bought my Christmas gift, my Christmas gift were my AirPods. He bought me a case for my AirPods, and the fucking case had sunflowers on them. That's really nice. So, it's just about... Listening to what your partner, like listening to what your partner tells you and turning it into actionable things that you can make happen. And okay, so like today I left to go to work and I had to be to work at 622, which is random as fuck. But (laughs) wait. 622 yes. why 620 because we have to <laughs> we have to be to we have to be at the airport one hour before our departure time and our departure time was 722 which oh, is weird okay. don't ask me why it's a random ass number but 22 just feels weird <laughs> it is weird so last night he was like what time you got to be to work and i'm like i had to be there at 622 he's like okay wake me up at 515 I'm like, okay, cool. I woke him up. He made me a breakfast sandwich and packed my lunch bag with food, snacks, and fruit to take with me to work. At 5 o'clock in the morning when he did not have to, he did not have to be up to do anything today. But he woke his ass up at the crack of dawn to make food for me to take on my trip with me. And... It's just little things like that that I really, really appreciate. And it makes me want to cry because I've never had anybody that really took the time to do anything like that for me. Yeah. Like, it might sound small, but that is big. Like, while I'm getting ready to go to work, he's doing something that I would have had to do myself but he took on the initiative to do it for me so I didn't have to worry about it I didn't have to stress up I didn't have to stress about it or I didn't have to wake up super early to get everything done because he was there to pick up the slack for me so that's why I feel like acts of service is definitely my number one love language because it's how I receive love in the greatest form and Although um, words of affirmation or conversation might be a high-running second option, acts of service gets me every single time. Every um, single time. That has, I'm like have a little tear in my eye as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want someone to make me breakfast. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's just, I mean, we do things like that for each other, but when you have never been in, in a relationship where a person has gone above and beyond to satisfy you, like, it's just the fact that he had nothing to do today. He did not have to wake up at the crack ass of dawn to make breakfast for me to take to work. He did not have to do that at all. But he chose to do it. Without me even having to ask him, he chose to do it. And that shit just melts my fucking heart. It just melts my heart. You big claps, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Now he's going to be like, oh, I'm going to have to make breakfast more often. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, okay, that was easy. That was easy. That's all I had to do. (laughs) But I think the most important thing is about the listening. I think that um, I feel like women all the time express what they want or what they need. But it's just like throughout the book when the when the author was basically saying like don't speak about it anymore he already knows and then it's just like for you to be the person that you are to him it was just like what his natural reaction is something that it might not be something he wanted to do but he he didn't may not want it to physically make breakfast but he wanted to make sure that you were happy right so if breakfast is going to make you happy then that's what he's going to do so it's just like we should be more considerate of honestly just being kind to people exactly. that's something that any person wants regardless of if they're in a relationship or even if it's a person out in the street just being kind to somebody is going to make them like like basically change their day even it went through throughout any situation that they're going through right and like i said it's not about a tit for tat type of situation it shouldn't be that you're doing this to get something out of your partner it should be that i'm doing this to fulfill my partner's emotional love tank and i know this is going to make her happy or i know this is going to make him happy Everything you should do with should be with intent. It shouldn't be just because, oh, let me do this. Because if I do this, I know this going to butter her up and she going to do this for me. Like, that should never be the reason why you are doing something for your partner. If that's the reason why you've already failed in your relationship. Already. Yeah. He said, hey, I'm going to make this breakfast because I know she's going to talk about me on the podcast today. Period. My baby knows. <laughs> <laughs> But that's why I really appreciate that man because he just is always, he's just so thoughtful. But that's really good, especially when you're living in a space where you've, like, you've already experienced something that's totally opposite of that. So I know, like, coming into it, it's, it's very hesitant. And then to find someone that is totally different than what you expected and them to be something that you actually, that's what you've always been looking for. I know that's just, like, a great feeling to be like, oh, everything that I've been doing was not a waste. Like, th- I finally found someone that is, like, equal to the type of love I want to receive, but also the type of love I want to give as well. Exactly. And I just, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And, yeah, it's not saying that everything we do is perfect. Like I said earlier, we have our faults. But, you know, the good always the bad. So, yeah, it's, 
it's really nice. It's really nice. <laughs> the acts of service thing, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. So one thing I have been working on is making sure that I write down the moments that I can tell that my partner is trying to show love and in showing me in the way that he knows how to. We haven't established our love language. Um, It is no fault of either one of us to even say like what someone is doing isn't love right now until we have that conversation to actually identify what each other's love languages are. So that's something I have been like currently doing, like making sure that I write those things down so that I never forget so that I can give that person the praises that they deserve because they have been doing things for me um, compared to how many times we do have conversations on how we can grow because growing pains is never the easiest thing, especially when you're doing it with someone else, like you growing by yourself alone, but then growing with your partner is also a thing. Um, but I think one of like the acts of service that has been like really huge for me is the fact that currently like with this whole situation with like the coronavirus and everything, experiencing like me personally not working and then using the money that I have saved from work to be me and my sister are basically the sole providers at our house right now. Um, me also trying to keep my music career and like doing those things and having to make payments for that as well. Cause I understand that what everyone is doing right now, they're doing work and I don't want anyone to give any favors to me because it's like, you've done a service for me. I want to pay you. Right. And so like today, like I kind of had like a breakdown cause I had to file for unemployment and I'm just like, I've just never, I've never experienced this before. So I'm just like, it kind of made me feel like I really don't know what to do. And I felt overwhelmed cause it's like, that really proved that there's no more money coming in anywhere else. So it's just like any money that I use now will be dwindling my savings, which is like at a certain point that shit can go to zero. So having that conversation with my boyfriend and he's just like, okay, well what's going on? And I was just like, okay, I don't have money. Like I'm already thinking I don't have money. Cause I'm just like planning, like this is how much groceries will be. I know how many times I can do groceries at this budget right. for how many more weeks we can do it. And it's like to pay bills and to things like that. It's just like I have to be now responsible to right, kind right, of like right. put my dreams on the back burner to like do music because I'm I'm trying to do that as well. And he was like, OK, OK, well, Adira, like, l let's calm down for a second. He was like, what I can do. Tell me how much like you need to do to keep doing your music stuff. And I was telling him how much it costs. And he was just like, OK, I got you. I will I will pay for those things for you so that you don't have to worry about it because I don't want you to stop doing what you're doing since you've been so um productive since this has been happening like being able to keep doing stuff he's like I don't want that momentum to stop because I have seen when huge crises has happened you do stop what you're trying to do to provide for the people around you so that everyone else doesn't suffer and I don't want that to happen to you so it's like today that was like a huge like relief to have that moment to be like someone actually is there to assist me in that way and it's I know that he also has his own bills and the fact that it's a blessing that he's still working so it's just like to him to have that option available for me was just like wow I I don't like to ask people for assistance and especially not when it comes to money it's just like you know it's just a taboo thing to even ask for at all times so for that to even be like his solution for me and to help me and then to know like how passionate I am about my career it was just like wow that is one more thing to add to the book of like something that's positive about our relationship. I do see him doing often like trying to show love in that way, even though that might not be my primary 
love language mm-hmm. is just also making sure that you're aware of what people are trying to do for you yeah i agree i also don't like asking for things because in previous relationships when things have been done for me they've always been thrown in my face and i don't like that feeling like i don't want to ever feel like somebody has a one-up on me or somebody has like a control over me where they can say i did this for you so you haven't done this but you should be doing this because you know you owe me like i don't ever want that hanging over my head but I don't feel like my boyfriend is like that. And I have another example of acts of service that recently happened. So um, I came home from a trip maybe like a week or two ago. And he knows that I'm on my feet for like hours at a time at work. And I always want a foot rub and I always want a back rub and all of this stuff. So when I came home... He had candles lit in the bathroom and music playing and he had a hot shower running for me. And as soon as I got to the door, he gave me a glass of wine and told me to take my clothes off and go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I went and took a shower. When I got out the shower, he had lunch ready for me. So I sat down, ate my lunch. After I finished eating my lunch, he had like a a tub of hot water for me with Epsom salt and Ooh. lavender oil for me to put my feet in and soak my fucking feet. Like somebody's grandmother. And as I'm soaking my feet, exactly. As I'm soaking my feet, he comes over to me and hands me like this pile of stuff. So previous to this, I had asked him, I had asked him if he had a highlighter and he told me no. So I was like, oh, I need to go to the store because I need to buy some highlighters and I need to get some notebooks because I want to start writing and I'm reading these books and I need to be highlighting stuff to take notes. So while I'm soaking my feet, he comes over with a pile of stuff in the stuff. He has a pack of highlighters. And two fucking notebooks for me. (laughs) And I was just like, Lord. That is really cute. And I think I posted this on Instagram Uh when that happened. I think I posted this on my story. I was like, I don't know what I did to deserve this man, but I'm so grateful that I have him. And that is so cute. (sighs) Yes, highlighters. (laughs) Yeah, highlighters and notebooks. Like it's it's not much, but the fact that you knew that I was going to go get this and you decided to get it for me, like thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And that it. definitely the main. I feel like the main moral of your story is the listening part. A lot more men mm-hmm. should listen. I'm trying to. I feel like exactly. that it will. You will receive a lot more love and affection if you listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like it's not that hard because we say shit we tell you what we want we tell you what we need but it's all about if you listen or not if you don't listen I can't help you cause I'm telling you what the fuck I want mm-hmm. and then the last uh, love language is physical touch 
So, oh, Kia, say what you were saying, like the bullet points for the physical touch, because I really like that. Okay. So, um, basically, he was saying that they are two different distinct groups for physical touch. The first one being explicit love touches, which could be sexual foreplay or sexual intercourse. And then the second grouping would be implicit love touches, which could be holding hands, brushing up against your partner as you're walking past them in like the kitchen, um, you know, cuddling up with them on the couch while you're watching TV, spooning while you're laying down because I know my man love to do that those are like the two categories of physical touch but then also when it comes to like explicit love learning how to pleasure your partner a lot of the times it's not about having bad sex but it's about learning, number one, learning your your partner's erogenous zones, positions that they enjoy. And if you have these conversations with your partner, then you'll be able to better understand how they want to be pleased sexually. Because I think a lot of us think that we are good at sex. And while we might be good at sex, the way that you have sex or the way that you are pleasured might not be the way that your partner receives pleasure. So it's all about having those conversations and learning about the art of sensuality and the art of sexuality and placing those ideas into your sex life. Okay, this might sound weird to some people, <laughs> but I like to touch my man's ears. Like, I don't know what it is with me and ears, but it's just like, a thing that I like to do and he'd probably be like why the fuck is this bitch playing with my ears but it's just <laughs> twisting the around yes, yes, oh my god yes. that's actually too much it's just <laughs> something about ears that I like I just like to touch them and then okay so another part of this is that not all touches are created equal and you have to learn how and when to touch your partner because some touches may be uncomfortable or irritating. So I know for me, like when I slap my man's butt and he'd be like, stop. And I think the shit is fucking hilarious. So I continuously do it, but you know, that may be a serious, like uncomfortable thing for him, which I probably should stop doing, but I don't know if I will because I think the shit is fucking hilarious. Because I will keep doing it. So he just be like, dear, please stop. And I'm like, no, what's wrong? You don't like this? You don't... That is so funny because I love smacking my man ass and he hate when I do it in front of other people. I remember one time we were at his parents' house and his sisters were down there and he was like, yeah, man, you smacking my ass in front of my family. And I was like, baby, your family wasn't even right there. They were in the kitchen. We were in the dining room. Like, what? What are you talking about? Let me smack that ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would just say that God bless men with bigger butts. Yes! I think that because it's just, I always be why would him, we not? I'd be like, come here, fat butt. They're and thicker be than mad. a snicker. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like that. That's really, but I'm, 
to say that that is the same thing that you're doing all day and to that's us. what i tell him it's just like at a certain point like yeah i too get annoyed at the fact that you're grabbing on me in public but it's just like when i do it now you're just you're up in arms that's like it's exactly just about to kill you what i tell him because i like smacking his ass and i like playing with his fucking nipples and I'd be like, you smack <laughs> yeah, him. In public with the nipples? No, not okay, in public. That's I don't play with his nipples in public. Oh. <laughs> I smack his butt in public. But I'm just talking about in the house when we just be like sit on the oh, couch okay, and okay. I like flick his nipple. And he just be like, <laughs> stop. And I'm like, you play with my motherfucking nipples? You smack my motherfucking ass? He'd be like, but you like it. Okay. And <laughs> what's the fucking point? There's no point, baby, because you still do it to me. <laughs> At the end of the day, what I do, you can do. Exactly. He'd be like, I mean, I don't mind you touching my nipples when we about to have sex, but I'm just saying. You're not saying shit because I'm going to flip them motherfucking <laughs> nipples until I don't want to no more. <laughs> this is borderline abuse. <laughs> That man is clearly telling you he doesn't like that at all. <laughs> You're like, I don't care. I mean, but at this I'm point, keep doing it. now that I read this, I'm like, okay, maybe I should show the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, you should really, because he, he's being triggered every day. Yeah, but I think this was really good. Like, Yeah, the book is good. I would also, I will say that the book is also available on YouTube for the audio version of this, because that's what I listened to while Kia read the physical copy, but... It's available on both. <laughs> yeah, it's available on both. The physical copy is a very small book. I read it today on the plane on a five-hour yeah. flight. And I read it in like three hours. So, Because a lot of it is very repetitive. Like, a lot of the stories that he was telling go hand-in-hand hand with each different love language. And so it was kind of repetitive. But once you grasp the basis of what each love language means you can begin to incorporate it into your own relationship if you're a person that feels like your spouse is being ungrateful or you're a person that can't get through to your spouse then maybe you need to take a look at these five love languages and also bring your partner in on it so the both of you can figure out your love languages and that way you can better grow your relationship to something greater than what it already is. Yeah, and is. then if you guys feel like you want to, you can DM us on Instagram about what your love language is or what you found out your partner's love language is and how you guys have been growing thus far after this episode. Yes, so that was another episode of Melanin Matters. I am Kia. And I am Indira. And we hope to see you back here next week for another episode of Melanin Matters. Peace. Peace.